welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Um, today we're going to be talking about children in church. So there's a lot of um, differing views about um, if children should be in church and if they are in the nursery or in the cry room or when they should come and if they are there, how they're supposed to be acting. Um, One of my favorite um, quotes, though, and this probably give my opinion out pretty quickly, is a crying church is a living church. And if it's not crying, then it's dying. So um, I think that personally, I am an advocate of having children in church, even the squirrely ones. What are your all's thoughts? Have you had any experiences with people asking you to take your kids out or anything like that before? It's not like that they ask you to take them out. It's It's like people haven't learned by the time they're adults that when they hear a scream, or a baby, a kid acting up to discipline themselves to not turn their body and look at the child in shock as if what kind of child does that? <laughs> like you haven't seen a kid throw a tantrum before. So if people would just learn to like, you know, keep your body still and face forward and don't look at the kid having a tantrum because that makes the mother feel awful. And, you know, and we know he's crying. We know that he's, it's worse for us, I promise you. So just a little PSA, you know, I think that's what I've experienced is that people just will like stop and look as if they've never heard a child cry before. If it's some sort of strange animal that is, I don't know, it's just, I think that's, that's what I wish people would be mindful of is their own reaction. Which instead of being shocked, make an effort to not react or to help pass the Cheerios. Bring the Cheerios (laughs) in your purse. All the grandmas in the church say, I... Grab Cheerios, put them in your purse, and if there's a screaming kid next to you, just hand that back to that mama back there. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. You know, that's what I wish we had more of. Yeah, because chances are that the parent is trying to do the best that they can, yes. but the child is not cooperating because children don't cooperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know that there was there was one mama in the cry room one day, and you could just I could just tell I went back there to nurse my son. And she had, like, two or three of her daughters back there, really close in age. And one in particular was just, like, climbing on everything and throwing books and screaming. Oh, gosh. And in the church that I go to, as you all know, Stacey, the cry room, like, it is not soundproof. So you can hear the screams. (laughs) Even though you're going back, you can hear them all up, all the way up in the front. And so, yeah, I looked at her and I was like, you're doing the best you can. You're doing a great job. Like, you know, keep at it. She's like, oh, my gosh, thank you. And I just know... Like, I've had people say that to me before when I was just feeling like I'm I'm the worst mom ever and I'm losing it. Like, I, you know, I'm doing a horrible job here. And somebody just, like, gives you that little pick-up. You know, it's just nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I really kind of struggle with my ADD at mass. And, you know, it's my, my kids, too. But, but with me, like, so when I hear something, I'm really bad about turning and, like, looking but I'm like put a smile on your face you know like it's like that reassuring but I've I've caught myself realizing that like 
with masks, the mamas can't see that. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm kind of struggling to like make sure I get that reassuring if I do like turn and look because it's not like I'm turning and gawking and saying, oh, how dare you, which is a lot of what we experience yes. and it's awful. Um, but it's that, you know, trying to, um, to give that reassuring that like, it's okay, like this is fine that you're like like you said alicia you're doing the best you can um in maybe, some taste the kids just don't cooperate yeah maybe all these start giving the, the little hunger sign of the yeah. sparrow <laughs> signal to each other <laughs> since you all have masks on <laughs> Sorry, like solidarity mama solidarity. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we should we should do that we should make masks that say solidarity mama for coffee and catholics like seriously like oh, that'd be cool or you're doing great like you know <laughs> i've always really loved to and been really touched by the priests who will actually, like this happened several times where they will be like, she's fine, she's fine, in the middle of their homily, you know, or Aww. something. They'll be like, she's okay, she's okay, that's what we're here for, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just, everybody chills after that. They're like, well, the priests are terrible, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've also experienced priests that are, will stop and stare. Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been blessed at our little parish, we have there's an, a couple who has kind of, in their own way, adopted our youngest. I mean, all of our kids, but really our youngest. And there's been times in the communion line for the pandemic, and they probably still do it now too. But we're, you know, we're just now getting back into the pews. Um, but before the pandemic, in the communion line, if my kid was crawling all over me as I'm trying to go up and receive Jesus, the the husband would just pick him up and just take him with him back to their seat. And he, because it's a different place and it was a different person. He is totally calm with them. And you know, that, that people think that that's weird you know, sometimes, but that's so helpful from, you know, I mean, it's people that we know in our parish. It's not like some stranger just came and took my kid. I was going to say, if it was a random person, that, yeah. that would be alarming. But yeah. you, you've established a relationship. Yeah. So. But it but, opens another idea that we need to be in community like that. Yeah. Where we're making an effort to look for ways to help the mamas and to be like ready to help them at the ready. If they know mm-hmm. if you know they have a kid that's like that. In the papas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My husband's brought all of our kids to mass with him a few times by himself when I've been sick or different things. And um he uh my two and a half year old is a little bit psychotic. Um <laughs> and he will, we, we've taken to sitting in the very front because that's where the older two can like pay attention the best. Um, but the two and a half year old has almost run up on the altar a few times. And it's like been so reassuring, whether it's like him by himself or me by myself or, you know, us together. And this is how it, it, it happened. He just slides right under the pew. It's awful. Um, <laughs> it gets away. But afterwards to have the, you know, the, that reassurance from some who said just like, this one's going to be the priest, you know, like just those little comments that are um, just telling you that it's okay. Like, just keep on keeping on. You'll be fine. Um, and just that, like that community is really important. Um, yeah. Well, and just because I don't you know, but also nursing in church, I think there's like a whole, you know, camp on that too. Cause you know, my, my three oldest never really nursed. I, and, um, I had issues with supply and stuff like that, but my, um, youngest 
mean, we're, we're just now starting to wean. And so, like, you know, I've nursed him, you know, with a cover on on the front row during mass. I know some people aren't comfortable with that. But I know that some people have also been made to feel uncomfortable at church before. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things I loved was when um, the Pope, even Pope Francis, I believe it was Pope Francis, who said, feed the babies. So if the Pope says it's okay to feed your baby in mass, <laughs> it's okay. Now, if you're, if you, I mean, everybody has their own comfort level. So if you want to go to the cry room or have a cover or not have a cover. And, but I think, I don't think that moms should be felt like they are distracting because they're feeding their baby. I think that's, yeah. that's more than just in mass. It's a whole public social issue. Right. But I think in mass, um, one of my favorite images of Mary is the Our Lady of La Leche. La Leche. Yeah, it's a nursing Mary. I think it's so beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, yeah, I, I used to wear a cover quite a bit. And then I got sick of doing it because eventually my babies will, like, tear it off their yeah. head. It's and, distracting to them. Yeah, and, and then, you know, I'm not put together down there. <laughs> so everybody sees. And um, I used to do it at mass, and so I'd go to the cry room. And there was one particular time that this um, guy, this dad was in there with his son or daughter, and I was nursing, I think maybe it was my daughter at the time, and I put the cover over her, and (laughs) she didn't like it. And so she pulls it up off of her head as she pulls back her head off of me. And so, you know, this dad, he just sees movement out of the corner of his eye. So he looks over at me and I'm completely exposed. And the look on that poor man's face, it was hilarious. And so after that, I was just like, I'm not doing it anymore. There's no point. And I've learned how to be pretty discreet with Mm -hmm. nursing. And plus, like, I have my veil now. And Mm -hmm. so the veil does help. It does. A little bit, yeah. It does. It's very nice. And when everything, um, you know, pandemic hit, everything closed down and kind of opened back up again, they still had the cry room closed. And so it was either go out to the car or nurse my children in the pew, my Mm -hmm. child in the pew. Mm -hmm. And so um, I first started wearing like a blanket over myself, but that was very uncomfortable. So now I just do it. And I've thought about maybe like people might be uncomfortable, but maybe I mean, I'm just like, I don't. I care. I don't want to be uncomfortable, but at the same time, like, you know, yeah, I need, I need to nurse my baby. So honestly, what I feed the babies. Yeah. What I found (laughs) is if I am using a cover and we have a kid that doesn't want to be covered, that child will be very loud and vocal about it and cause even more of a disruption. So, you know, feed the babies. (laughs) Um, I've experienced a few times, uh, I don't know if it's just a generational gap, um, but the the uh, some older generation who have um, have you know they have the have the the idea that like the that the kids should be you know seen and not heard, and that if they're even there, then and they're making anything that it's any noise that it's it's distracting to the people who are who are there to pray, and that. That we should be more conscious of what the uh, other people are feeling during during mass, and I think that that's important to an extent. Um, But when your kids start screaming and you're in a pew in the very middle and everybody's kneeling, there's really not much you can do about that. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, sometimes you try and get out and sometimes it just makes it even harder. And, but that, that's something that I've kind of struggled with is trying to explain that, like, and trying to, you know, to, to some, um, you know, in different generations who have, or, you know, even, you know, maybe our own generation, even like, I don't know, mm -hmm. like people who don't quite understand that, uh, the difficulties. Um, so I don't know if anybody has any, like, has had any good luck explaining to, um, to others. No, at the worst, the worst offenders are those who haven't had children yet. And those who have been a very, very, very long time <laughs> since they have had children. And to try and explain it, it's just, it doesn't work. And so I just choose the, oops, sorry. <laughs> See, and I'm kind of surprised, like, as we're talking about this, like, I guess personally, I've never really experienced much negative feedback from people. So, like, I haven't really had, like, this kind of, this conversation before. Like, I've heard of people talking about, you know, um, other people in churches not liking the children to be there and that, you know, they're being too loud and things like that or whatever, but I've just never experienced it myself. And in fact, like, I believe it's the priest that we have in my church now. Um, he has been, he has said before, you know, he likes hearing the children out in the, the pews crying because it means that you're bringing your kids to mass. And that's incredibly important. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear all of this because yeah, I've always just had, you know, that good support. And, and in fact, I think it was last week or last Sunday or the Sunday before I went to mass and it was me by myself with my three month old and my two year old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren gave me a look. <laughs> yeah, my husband was like, you're crazy. You shouldn't do this. I'm like, I'm going to go for Jesus. And I did it, Jesus. But yeah, I was about to pull out my hair. He was, you know, doing all the things that two year olds do. And this woman behind me, she was an older woman and she was very nice. She was trying to be very helpful. You know, she reached over and gave him, my son, a, or, um, a rosary to play with. Oh, and, yes, it, that. and it was very, very sweet. And like, for me, I was like, you know, I don't want him to learn to take things from strangers. <laughs> so yeah, I very politely gave it back to her and gave him one of my own rosaries because I was like, you know, that's a good idea, you know, <laughs> way to go give me that idea. But it was just very sweet. So I've only really ever experienced, I guess, the niceties. Well, and then we've talked a lot about having our children in mass with us. But um, I have several friends and um, somebody I just talked to today actually was talking about how they put their kid in the nursery. Not all the churches have nurseries. Ours doesn't. But the one I grew up at does. And... Um, they put their children in the nursery so that they can have a time of um, renewal, rejuvenation with the Lord. And because, you know, kids can be distracting. It's kind of hard to focus on Jesus when your two-year-old is like, you know, looking at the hymnals. But um, so, you know, there's also the, you know, the positive, there's a positive of Put, having your kids in the nursery or having somebody watch them too. So does anybody here put their kids in the nursery or has put their kids in the nursery? And how does that help you as a mom? We did off and on um, till ours were about five or six. If they were just having a squirrely day or we knew they were really tired or um, – for other various reasons, we would absolutely utilize the nursery whenever we wanted to without guilt. Um, and that's like something that I feel really strongly about. 
we need to get families to mass. We need to get parents to mass. We need to, um, we need to just welcome families as they are and how they come and how they want to be there. Because um, I do think it's important to bring your little children to mass. I don't think you're a bad Catholic if you use the nursery every now and again when you just need a break and you just need to pray on your own. I think that's a really important part of um, modeling for your children about uh, self-care and taking care of self. And that's not to say that mass is self-care, since that's such a crazy buzzword. But um, in the truest sense of the word, soul care. That sometimes in order to be the parent that you want to be, you need to steal away with Jesus. And there are people in this world who do not have a second of their life free away from their children to pray, except when they place those children in those very capable nursery workers' hands on Sunday at Mass. And so I think that we need to stop um, judging people. <laughs> it's just like a huge thing that I hate. Just let the people come as they are. And if they want to use the nursery, let them. So off my soapbox now. No, I completely <laughs> but, agree. Like, if you choose to bring your kids into Mass, or if you choose to utilize the nursery, or if you need to switch off, like with yeah. your spouse or with it's you know a babysitter at times, mm-hmm. uh, the the important thing is coming to Jesus. Yes, and and not judging each other for our you know for whatever choices or not having not feeling like you need to like nitpick why are they doing that? Like we don't have to know why somebody. Mm-hmm. has chosen a lifestyle for not lifestyle but you know like that too yeah mm-hmm. or like why they've chosen like to you know to bring their kids or not bring their kids like why they chosen that like we don't need to you know know those reasons what is important like you said lauren is welcoming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i think i think what you just said the welcoming part is the is the buzzword is the keyword because you know, I think sometimes people feel like they have to defend the fact that they bring their kids to Mass because there have been people who say that kids shouldn't be at Mass mm-hmm. until they're older and can learn to sit and be quiet. And I I think that, again, we need to be welcoming to have the kids there at all ages and um, attention levels because, you know, because... All of our children have different attention levels based I off of their age and level. their personality. <laughs> yeah. And I think we also need to be welcoming to parents who need that time just with Jesus, that time to listen to Scripture and to really connect with Jesus in the Scripture. And not people aren't supposed to come to church to feel judged. They're supposed to come to church to be filled, you know, their soul to be filled with Jesus. You know, mass is that sacrifice that, you know, every mass is a sacrifice and a gift. And that's what we're supposed to be going there to, to receive, you know. Um, I also think we need to remember those families who may have children with invisible disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend um, who has I have a couple of friends actually who have children with autism mm-hmm. and some of the stories I hear from their church experiences just break my heart because, you know, their children 
you know, their brains work differently and they get overstimulated or understimulated and that can cause all sorts of things. And the things I've heard them tell me that people say to them in mass and or ask them to leave because their children are being too loud or distracting, um, just, you know, just because they're, ha- you know, they're stimming at that time or whatever. It's just very heartbreaking. So I think, like, like I said, I think that key word is wel- being welcoming. Um, you know, you might not be able to help a child with autism, but offering the help would make that mother feel so much better mm-hmm. than giving her looks like, why aren't you controlling your child? And I mean, we feel like that, you know, just with our toddlers and things and, you know, what, you know, without those disabilities. So families that have children with ADHD and who are, you know, making the car noises because, you know, I, I personally, one of my, one of my children, he would roll around on the floor, make planes with, with his fingers. And then I would think he was never paying attention to mass. And then he would be the one who would bring up later, Hey mom, during the father's homily today, blah, 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 blah. blah. And this is at five years old. He was paying attention to everything. And I thought the kid who was rolling around on the floor and making buzzing noises, how could he be paying attention? And if I had taken him out of mass, he wouldn't have had that moment with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus was speaking to him even though he was playing, if that makes any sense. And so being welcoming regardless, I think is the... I think it's, you know, it comes to that church community. And I think... From what I've understood, like, this is where, like, Catholics kind of have a hard time is, like, having that kind of, like, that more church community, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, um, I think Protestants have a, a yep. good way of doing that or whatever, they of, do. like, yeah, having that, that really church family and Catholics kind of have that harder time with it, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think you're right, just, like, you know, being there for other people and, you know, saying, hey, do you need some help or you're doing the best you can, like, you've got this or whatever, just, like, a kind you know, word, and it can be a little awkward. Like, I've felt awkward before saying that to a random person. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to get in their business and stuff. But anytime I've ever said something like that, it's always, like, a happy moment for them, you know, that encouragement. But, yeah, I, um, in regards to a nursery, I've actually never been to a Catholic church that had a nursery. And I think I only learned about it. Like, I've been Catholic now for, like, almost 10 years. And I only learned about Catholic nurseries like a year ago or something, just like heard about them. I had no idea. But um, back when I did not think that they were a thing, I uh, was talking to a friend of mine who was Protestant and told her about how we bring the kids to mass with us. And they, you know, they sit for an hour and she's like, oh my gosh, that's so mean. Like, why, would you, like, why would you make your child suffer through like having to sit there and behave for an entire hour? Like, why wouldn't you bring them to a nursery? And she just thought it was like the most bizarre thing that we would have our children in there with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told her that, you know, it's just, they get to be there with God, like, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, the Catholic church, you know, like Jesus is literally there before them. So right. I want them in the presence of God. Yes. And that, you know, gives them so many graces that they wouldn't have mm-hmm. otherwise. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of funny that she, you know, thought it was just a horrible, horrible thing that I could bring my child to <laughs> and keep them there. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, either way, you know, you got to do what's going to be best for, 
your family, your children, like your best for, you know, all of that. So. Well, I think culture plays a lot into it too. Cause you know, um, I lived briefly for three months in Costa Rica and church, you know, down there, I mean, Catholic church is a lot different. The children are, are heard, seen, playing <laughs> like well, during mass, the doors are open, letting the breeze in and the kids are outside, inside, yeah. outside, inside, yeah. just in and out. And not that, you know, I, I understand th that some the people who want the quiet and the kids to maybe be seen and not heard are wanting the reverence that mm -hmm. we owe Jesus. But we should also remember that Jesus told us to have the little children come on to him, you know, come to him. Um, and we can only enter heaven with the innocence of a child. And, you know, so watching how children act during mass, I think, is very interesting sometimes. And culture plays into that. So, I, I you know, I've, that's been my only opposite experience is, a, you know, Hispanic masses are, are in another country, a Hispanic country. I think sometimes in the U.S., some of us get a little uptight about how things are supposed to be done, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we pay too much attention to children in mass, actually. We need to just not do that. Like, just let them be. Mm -hmm. Let them be who they are. Let them be. Actually, we pay too much attention to all the other people in mass. Mm -hmm. And we that is not why we're here. <laughs> we're here to be with our Lord, to commune with him and with each other. But we're not here to you know, tisk about what Sally so-and-so is wearing or whose dress is too short or who's wearing jeans or, and this is the kind of stuff you hear walking out of church sometimes. And you're like, good, that mind your business. You know? <laughs> I know you've got plenty to talk to God about. So why don't you do that? Not pay so much attention to other people's kids and mass, unless you're helping, yeah. unless you are there to be a fragrance to those families and your intention is to serve. Other than that, good day. <laughs> I just wanted to um, add a note on something you said earlier, Stacy, was about um, you know sometimes you know we're going there to mass like to be filled with Jesus, everything. But just want to say to those mamas, you know, like me, <laughs> who who are there at mass with their kids and they're being crazy and you don't feel filled, mm -hmm. that's okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> We, you know, it's so important to realize that we receive those graces, kind of like Alicia was saying, with our kids, you know, our kids receive it. We also receive the graces yes. just by, from being there. We're yes. present. Our presence there, that's what God wants. So important. Wants our presence. It's important. Yeah, our, our little small church doesn't even have a cry room. So to, when, I'm usually outside, <laughs> you know, or, you know, if it's not too cold, I mean, that's. That's where I'm at. So I, yeah, I totally understand the not feeling filled because I mean, how can I feel filled? I'm not even in there. You know, uh, you know, I can hear some of the music on the outside. I kind of know the cues on when I can get back in for communion. But you know, it, it's okay. This, you know, we've I think we've talked in previous podcasts about seasons of life. So if you are struggling with your kids at mass and you don't have a nursery to go to or that's not an option for you or whatever and you just don't feel filled and you don't feel like you're getting much out of the mass it's okay this is a season and your kids will grow up and they will act differently just like 
you did when you were a kid and grew into adults and you know it's okay if you're depending on the mass as your spiritual food for the week you are starving spiritually that is not all that exists in the spiritual life we are supposed to be cultivating a deep spiritual life an interior life with the lord day by day in scripture and in christian meditation as it's been taught to us by the church fathers um, so if that's why you're feeling so starved is because you're counting on that you're being constantly disappointed that's a red flag that you that, that there's something missing in your interior prayer life and that's what you know we have to explore is how do we keep that relationship with God alive how do we stroke those fires on a daily basis so that you're not mass doesn't become this occasion near occasion of sin for you and resentment um because that can happen with moms. I've been there, like, recently. So, like, I totally understand just wanting that time to yourself. But also you've got to know yourself, too. And and ask yourself, what am I doing in, in the day-to-day to cultivate that deep sense of God's presence that he desires for us to experience? And that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. I was but, basically <laughs> faced with a, with a reflection question. I kind of felt um, that went in with that was like, are you spending your days, you know, like, are you, are you using your time to, as a preparation for mass? Like, are you, oh, like, what are you doing to, when you're not at mass, like, are you, you're, you know, that reflection of like, how, how much time are you spending just being in preparation for the mm-hmm. next time you receive Jesus? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's a really good point too. And it brings us kind of back to community. Because I think sometimes it's a little bit easier to have, to cultivate more of an interior spiritual life. If you have some sort of support, I know that my faith has grown with just knowing you guys, you know. So just having those people there who ask, is there anything we can do for you? Is there anything that you need? Just every once in a while, I think that that also helps us spiritually because we know we're not alone. And we're not alone. Jesus always loves us. God always loves us. He's a loving, merciful father, and he's just waiting for us to come to him. And sometimes having those, that community, those friendships, those people in the community, even during mass and outside of mass who ask you how you're doing or, yeah, just bring the baby to me. You know, that's just knowing that that's an option sometimes Mm -hmm. makes such a big difference. And um, and being honest when you say, hey, yeah, if you're overwhelmed, just bring the baby to me. But community, I think that cultivating an interior life is easier, not necessarily easier. It's nothing's easy. But um, when there's community and you have the fellowship, maybe that's something else. As Catholics, we need to be cultivating is a deeper fellowship among each other in our church families. And fellowship with the saints, too. Yes. You know? You're never in a room alone. Yes. Your guardian is there. Your children, each of your children's guardians stand watch next to your children at all times. Your husband's guardian. The saints that are your patrons are present in every room that you enter. Every time you invoke them, our lady, our Lord, he's present. I think we, like you said, Stacey, we have a community of saints, too, yes. that we need to really learn how to rely on and to help each other rely on, to call each other to rely on those realities. There's a world surrounding us 
that is just as real as the world of the physical world, and that's the spiritual world. In fact, it's more real. And we need friends or at least someone to call us and remind us, call us to that reality and say, hey, dip your hand in the stream because it's right there. Everything you need, you can receive. You're not alone. Your angel is here. What do you need? (laughs) Like maybe even offering to go to confession with a friend so that you can watch their kids while they're going to confession and then they watch your kids while you go. I mean, sometimes not everybody can go with their spouses, like maybe they're out of town or whatever, but if they want to go, you know, I know like personally, I'm really good at getting my boys to confession, you know, at least once a month, but I don't get to go because I'm still with my younger kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I might be walking around the church with the stroller. My boys get to go to confession, but I don't. And so, you know, helping each other get to the sacraments. I mean, that's, and I think it's something we've talked about, you know, over and over again is we're here to help each other get to heaven. Yes. And so little things like that, finding a, a prayer buddy who can check in with every once in a while and or going to adoration with a friend. So or to, even taking your kids so you guys can hurdle your kids together. It's not just you. And um, there's lots of options. And like Lauren said, you know, invoking the saints when you feel overwhelmed to intercede for you, going to our Blessed Mother. You know, if you're not feeling filled, there's lots of ways to cultivate that. Yes. But um, I think just recap, we kind of talked about how we need to bless mom wars about who brings their kids to church and who doesn't. It's not our decision on what families bring their kids to church and what families don't bring their kids to church. They need to make those own decisions based off of their families. And we just need to be welcoming to what their decisions are. And as a whole church community, and also to remember that not every kid. Well, it's neurotypical. Not every child is neurotypical. There are real issues that kids struggle with. They may not look like they're struggling, but they are not able to listen unless they're moving their bodies. They're not able to be to even participate unless they are making little clicking sounds with their mouth yes and it's not there they have every right to be at the table of the lord just as much as you do as you sit annoyed by that clicking sound which you should offer up for your own salvation instead of sending a look back you know this Mm -hmm. is this is the kind of stuff that we need to remember that we exist in charity for each other we belong to one another and you can help that little boy get to heaven by offering up your annoyance as he makes a bunch of noise in back of you. And I think we just need new eyes, Stacy. I think sometimes we just need to maybe just pray before we go into Mass. Lord, give me your eyes. Let me see what you see. And maybe that would help. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, Coffee and Catholics crew. You might remember that back in January, we did an interview with Dolores from the Rose Home and Willow Pregnancy Support. Well, if you are local to Oklahoma, we have some exciting news for you. We are going to be giving away four tickets to the Rose Home Garden Party that is on May 27th from 1130 to 130. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking two lucky listeners to get two seats each. So two listeners are going to win two seats 
to the Rose Home Garden Party. Now, how do I win? You might be asking yourself. First, you might join our Facebook group. So we have a business page and then we have a Facebook group. Right. So the business page is Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. And the group is just Coffee and Catholics. So you can like our business page and then go join our group. There you will find a post about this giveaway. And if you like and share the post, you get one entry into our drawing. You will also find on our Facebook page a fundraiser for Willow Pregnancy Support. When you go to that fundraiser, for every $5 that you donate to Willow Pregnancy Support, you will earn five entries into our drawing. So you can get one entry for liking and sharing the posts and or you can get five entries for every $5 you donate through our fundraiser to Willow Pregnancy Support. So again, we are giving away four seats to two lucky winners. They'll get two seats each to the Rose Home Garden Party that is on May 27th. Please join us again in two weeks when we discuss when doubt enters into your faith life. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.